from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast On Monday the 26th of February the co-founder of Zeroda and CEO Nitin Kamath wrote in a social media post that he had suffered a mild stroke 6 weeks ago out of the blue In his post he said that his father passing away poor sleep exhaustion dehydration and possibly overworking out any of these could be possible causes Kamath said he had noticed his face drooping and had struggled with reading and writing he wrote that he expects to make a recovery fully in the next 3 to 6 months My colleague Lata Mishra in Mumbai and I spoke with two neurologists who are specialists on strokes to try and better understand who is at risk of a stroke and what can be done to prevent one. Dr. Sherish Hastak is the Regional Director Neurology Stroke and Neurocritical Care at Global Hospital in Mumbai. He's been working in this field for over 35 years. Dr. Sherish says that while it's sad that someone as young as Kamath has suffered a stroke, he's not surprised since he has patients across age groups. Uh, you know this is a very sad thing for a young active person uh, to have uh, and of course i wish him a speedy recovery that's the first thing i have quite a number of uh, patients of young stroke uh, so i'm not surprised that uh, he's young and he's had a stroke so my thinking is that stroke can happen from uh, womb to tomb i mean it's, it's something that happens at all ages and at all times so Yes of course it's much more common in the older age group but uh, but it doesn't mean that the younger people are completely immune to stroke Dr Shirish praised the Zeroda CEO for speaking up about suffering from a stroke he says this helps raise awareness about something that doesn't typically get as much attention mostly celebrities will try to you know uh, not talk about their uh the negative side of their life and stroke is a negative side of your life uh, so to say and uh, it's a disabling negative side sometimes uh of course i think uh nitin is recovering fairly well and i'm happy about that uh but it can be a disabling uh, disorder and so celebrities will mostly hide uh, these disorders and so i think you know i salute uh, nitin for having come out in the open so i think it's something that uh will help create awareness about stroke and uh, and create uh, this idea that uh, stroke is uh, recognizable and treatable that's something even dr pavan oja has praised dr pavan is a neurologist practicing in multiple hospitals in mumbai and is on the executive committee of the indian stroke association dr pavan says that given many celebrities choose to not talk about suffering a stroke nitin kamath's choice to go public with it will only help people at large my salutations to him that at least he is talking mithun chakravarti had a stroke he is not ready to talk people who have a voice they should discuss so that the all those lay people out there they become more aware uh, suppose a doctor now start uh, uh, you know discussing about they see some different angle they say that you know this is a business talk but someone who has already suffered it if he talks then you know it is the community which gets more awareness and so many people will be benefited so what is a stroke dr shirish says there are two types of strokes that people can suffer i think i need to make the uh, people aware that there are two types of strokes uh, one is where the blood vessel in the brain is blocked and this is called an ischemic stroke and the other type of stroke is when the blood vessel in the uh, brain is ruptured and that's called a hemorrhagic stroke 
Dr. Pawan says data for India shows that there are particular patterns when it comes to who suffers a stroke. He also explains that in 15% cases of people who suffer a stroke, there is a high possibility of death. And in 20% of the cases, there is a chance of lifelong disability. In general, the incidence of stroke, that means how many people will get a stroke in India, is roughly about 125 uh, people per lakh. There are variations. So some states where a lot of you know unhealthy eating habits are there, especially northern states, they have a higher burden. So there are few states in which the hemorrhagic disease burden is higher. So they are towards the West Bengal, eastern part of the country where there are more hemorrhages. Kerala has more hemorrhages. Like even in Punjab, the hemorrhagic strokes are quite high. Here in Maharashtra, the hemorrhagic strokes are less. Now the disability part. So how many of them are disabled? So in general, moderate to severe disability, as we say that, you know, person is out of his previous functionality, job, or, you know, responsibility at, at home. That same function person cannot do, needs assistance. That is to the tune of 20%. So 20% people have lifelong disability. And out of that, at least half, they are having spasticity also. So that means that their limbs are rigid and not in the proper position. So they don't derive much uh, benefit from even physiotherapy. They need to go for higher treatments like sometimes, you know, Botox injections or uh, brain stimulation techniques. So this is the burden and the death rate is about 15%. So all those people who will suffer a stroke out of that 15% will die because of the stroke or its complications. A recent AIMS study showed that the age group of those suffering a stroke has been changing. Basically, the Indian stroke patient is getting younger. Dr. Pawan tries to decode why this shift in the demographic seems to be taking place. The cause is basically of two types. You can divide these younger people into less than 30 and more than 30. If it is less than 30, then we typically get all the factors which are associated with the poor development of the heart or the cerebral circulation. So someone who's got a you know valvular heart disease, the valves are not functioning properly, they are generating clots. So there are many reasons which are developmental anomalies in the younger people. But it is very interesting to know that above 30, what trend we are seeing is not on these younger people, same causes. In fact, what we are seeing is the older people's cause coming here. So cholesterol deposition in the arteries, in the carotid arteries, in the brain arteries. So I think these are the younger people by age, but biologically they are older. Their behaviors are older. They are drinking, they are smoking, not exercising, you know, eating all junk food not sleeping properly. So they are they are getting atherosclerosis blockage much earlier. And I think that is the most, uh, you know, important thing. One message we should spread is that don't uh, get the stroke earlier by inviting it. Dr. Shirish points out that another factor that has been noted in studies is pollution, particularly air pollution, which may be contributing to the higher number of strokes. In the recent times, there's been a lot of thought about pollution and stroke. And pollution seems to be a very important factor. And probably pollution, if you see, uh, you know, the uh, low and middle income countries have a much higher uh, risk because A is their pollution is higher, their population density itself is high. And because you have a high population density, the pollution is higher. And pollution will make you uh, predisposed to strokes. 
Dr. Pawan says that when it comes to strokes, there are risk factors and then there are triggers which result in a person suffering a stroke. So, uh, risk factor means whatever are the factors which are there in the general population also, but if you have them more than one together, then you have, are, are having a higher chance of having a stroke. So, let's say someone who is like 65 years old, has high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol and is smoking. He has four risk factors for having a stroke. It doesn't mean that he smokes a cigarette and he gets a stroke. So, this is not a trigger. But having all four, he has about a two and a half times lifetime risk. More than a person who is not having these risk factors. Now, what are these triggers? So, very commonly we see the strokes coming up, you know, in the uh, winters or in Octobers where there is a change in weather where there can be viral infections. So people who are typically have had suffered viral infections, they are prone to having a stroke because of coagulability in the blood. So blood is generally more thicker, easily clotting. Similarly, there are other triggers that we know. Among the potential causes that Nitin Kamath listed for his stroke were lack of sleep and other aspects like dehydration and excessive working out. We asked the two specialists about these. Dr. Shirish says sleep apnea is a major factor when it comes to people who suffer a stroke. Sleep deprivation and especially if you have a sleep disorder called obstructive sleep apnea. And obstructive sleep apnea is, is fairly common. I mean, even in the young age, it's not necessarily that you have to be old in order to suffer every disorder. So obstructive sleep apnea, I have seen in a number of young people and it's fairly often missed. Uh, because it happens at night and you are sleeping. And so what I do is uh, to all my young stroke patients and even otherwise to my stroke patients, I will ask them that do they uh, do they snore heavily? And this is a question I'll usually ask the partner. Does this person snore heavily at night? Uh, does he wake up, uh, you know, because of snoring heavily and choking sensation? And is his sleep at night poor? And also, uh, you know, watch and ask if there is a history of headache early in the morning and an exhaustion in the day. Especially obstructive sleep apnea can be linked to stroke and stroke risk. And of course, obstructive sleep apnea also produces blood pressure or hypertension. And that's another link to stroke. Dr. Pawan says that while sleep apnea is a major factor, he says he does see a lot of patients who just have really bad sleeping patterns. He explains why trying to stretch your day is always a bad idea. And even with patients, he explains the one rule he tells them to stick to. We are not discussing obstructive sleep apnea. We are discussing a poor sleep uh, time and poor sleep quality because a lot of these people, they are having, you know, sacrificing their sleep for lot of other activities that are supposed to be done in the daytime. They are doing continuously working or continuously attending phone calls or you know uh, binging, binge watching, binge eating, binge drinking at night. As an outcome of this, there is no time for sleep or that sleep time is altered, it is sleep fragmentation. As a result what happens is the hypothalamus in the brain gets disturbed. There is a bio clock in the hypothalamus which allows us to rest at certain times and during the rest there are some reparative hormones that are released in the body and you are restored and made healthy once again. Now imagine that you didn't go through all this every night. 
for a night after a night then you know you are having a all the bad hormones getting released all the stress hormones getting released and lot of inflammatory substances so these inflammatory substances will also cause inflammation in the blood vessel wall lining and there clotting and you know blockages of the artery take place so this is one reason why we are saying that adequate amount of good sleep night after night should be taken and i typically tell my patients that 11 pm to 7 am no device you must sleep otherwise medicines will not work i think it is all it is all common sense that if you are challenging your body going out of the way to challenge your body then obviously uh, there might be more problems dr shirish explains why dehydration may not seem like an obvious cause of a stroke but how he seen a case where a patient who was fasting suffered a stroke so if you get dehydrated your blood becomes thick and then it is prone to form clots and uh, because the blood has to remain in the fluid state in order to flow but if it becomes thick then it tends to clot and uh, and that can of course lead to stroke but usually dehydration has to be severe in order to lead to stroke and i remember one of my jain patients he was only 40 years old and he fasted for about 5 days with no food no water and he developed a stroke so he was suddenly unable to talk and his right hand and leg became weak and uh, of course he did recover uh the hand and leg power over time but unfortunately his speech uh did take a long time to recover another factor listed as a possible factor is working out excessively we have been hearing about this you know contributing to heart attacks could this contribute a person for suffering a stroke as well so you want to try to do everything uh, and uh, you know not not take it down under sometimes you have to you have to be the down under you say okay it's a bad day i'll take rest i'll relax so people who take on lot of these responsibilities sometimes you know they 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 land into troubles so we have to accept that you know some days you have to relax take it easy so just working out extra that we see all the time that gymming people or you know the marathoners they work out i think if you take adequate rest uh, do adequate hydration then it doesn't matter but if you get everything wrong on a particular day then you will land into stroke are there any first aid like tips for people who are dealing with a person suffering a stroke so the first thing we need to understand is you should be able to recognize a stroke or recognize the devil and unlike a heart attack the stroke uh, manifests by different symptoms you know in the heart attack it's pretty simple because it's either it's pain pain and pain in the chest so it's simple to recognize but whereas if you have a stroke then you need to recognize the stroke and uh, for this i think uh, what you need to do is you need to remember an acronym and the acronym is called be fast so it's b e f a s t be fast and each of this stands for a symptom so the b stands for balance problems E stands for eye problem. So if you suddenly lose vision in one eye, or if you uh, lose vision on one side of your eye, you know this could also be uh, a stroke. Uh, then the F stands for face. So if your face is deviated to one side, it could be a stroke. Uh, then is the arm. 
So if you develop an arm weakness, you know, so if your arm starts drifting down and the arm, of course, includes the leg as well. So if your leg starts giving you trouble, you know, then your leg is dragging, then that could also be a stroke. And then the S stands for speech. And I think, again, Nitin in the social post said that his speech was impaired. And then the speech impairment also uh, indicates that this could be a stroke. And uh, the T stands for time. So be fast and rush in time to the hospital. And rush in time to a proper hospital is what I would insist on patients and people. Dr. Pawan says it's important that a doctor first diagnoses what type of stroke a patient has suffered and only then should treatment be given. If it's because of a clot in a blood vessel, the treatment is very different from what would be given if there's a rupture in a blood vessel in the brain. So let us decide first whether this is ischemic or hemorrhagic. So let's say that you have a hemorrhagic stroke in the brain. You don't want to give a blood thinner. You want to drop the blood pressure very, very quickly to manageable levels. So if you want to give like some, some basic care to this person, you know, let's say that just first aid, as you mentioned, it's not definitely not medicine. But if you want to just give some basic care to this person, please see to it that this person, uh, you, you protect his airway, breathing and circulation. So suppose there is a person who has had a major stroke and becomes unconscious or is like partly conscious or he is vomited and you know his airway is blocked then at least we should try to clear his airway so that he can breathe. If he is not breathing well then we can give him a like a CPR and try to maintain his circulation if he is already collapsed. So the same rules that follow for the heart attack CPR, air, airway, breathing and circulation they also are applicable to these people who have had a stroke. In fact, don't even give water because what happens is sometimes the, you know, the swallowing may be deficient. It may be very defective. So you give some water and that may go into the lungs because he is not able to manage the oral secretions. So it's better not to do anything. Just straight away get the, you know, the vehicle. Need not be an ambulance unless the patient is really down and get into the some stroke-ready hospital. There are also plenty of misconceptions about strokes. We asked Dr. Shirish what is one of the biggest misconceptions that he encounters among patients. But are there any misconceptions about strokes that you'd like to address that you believe that you see with a lot of your patients? Yes, I think one of the misconceptions I want to you know very clearly uh, convey to the people is that a stroke is non-treatable. You know, that's a misconception people have because I think uh, a lot of them go to the hospital too late or go to the wrong hospital and don't see the right people. Uh, stroke is uh, treatable if you reach your hospital in time in a fair number of patients, not in all. I would never say in all, but they're in a fair number of patients, it's treatable. It's specially treatable if you rush to your hospital rapidly and in time. And finally, Lata asked Dr. Pawan what advice he had for those who may believe they're completely healthy and not at risk at all from a stroke. Sir, what advice would you give for people to reduce their risk of experiencing a stroke, especially if they believe that they are fit and healthy? Everyone should introspect. Even when you call yourself fit, are you doing too much? Too much is not good. I think there is a bell-shaped curve. So you do too less, you are not protected. And you do too much, you are overexposed to all the risks and injuries. 
so probably somewhere in the wind we are not going to prove ourselves to anyone by doing an extra mile you have to do it you have to protect yourself right so first thing is that do some introspection and think how much is required and how much is necessary rather than trying to conquer the world second is eat right sleep right exercise right do whatever it takes do some meditation do some exercise so i am not telling any new things i am just you know revisiting or reiterating whatever we already know today's episode was produced by jayraj singh and sahil gupta for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us we're available on ti plus spotify apple google podcasts and all other platforms of your choice for any news tips email us at tipodcast@timesinternet.in at